So yeah, welcome to the Greenville Vineyard. I am not the pastor, <laughs> Billy Kent. Um, Billy's our, our pastor. I am Ron Barreto, for those of you who do not know me. Um, and I would just want to say that, you know, when it comes to um, preaching or sharing a message, it, it's something that doesn't come natural for me. Um, now, if some of you uh, think that um, I do a decent job at it, I guess I've got you fooled. But, um, but I will say that it, it can be intimidating to be up here, see all these faces, looking to you for guidance, and to, for inspiration. And um, I just pray God would use me as his instrument for that today. It, it can be challenging because I don't feel qualified to do it. Um, but I know that it's not something that I do in and of myself. It's something that God does. And so I, I pray that he will use me. Um, and, but I will say that being up here can also be a bit of a temptation. Um, it's something that, you know, when you're in front of a crowd, and if you've ever had a taste of um, having a good response to something you've shared with them, you, you start, it starts to become a little bit of a drug. You get a little bit of a high off of it. And so um, I just pray that, um, that you get what you, that God wants you to hear out of today's message. So Billy asked me um, to preach today. Um, and yeah, let's take a look at what God wants to say today. Uh, so I asked God, what, what does he want me to share with you guys today? When I speak about a message or something, I, I want to share something that I am personally passionate about, a subject matter that I'm not lukewarm about. It's something that I can really pour myself into. So one of the first things I do is I kind of reflect on my own personal passions, how God has shaped me and molded me. And I look at things like, um, I look at, you know, when I was younger, you know, the things that I was excited about are things like cars and planes and sports, basketball, football. And now that I'm older, in, in my middle age, so to speak, um, I have, still have those same passions, but those passions now compete with more practical things. Things like, you know, my passion for my marriage and my family and my kids, um, my country, um, and also this church serving God. I mean, I love this church. This is, I, I always refer to the Greenville Vineyard as a church family because that's really what it is. I think many of you feel the same way. So when Billy approached me, or approached um, the leadership team here about who could fill in for him, I was quietly in awe of God's timing when Billy said, hey, Ron, can you do Father's Day weekend? I was like, oh, that's something I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about fatherhood. So obviously today is Father's Day, and um, you know, I finally knew what I was going to get to share on about fatherhood. So before I move forward, I wanted to share um, one, of, one of my Father's Day gifts, and I think it was last year that I got this with all of you, 
So the, the girls gave this to me. I don't know how many, how many dads and moms out there can uh, relate to this sign. This is hanging in our bathroom. Um, and so Jen doesn't have major mood swings. She has minor mood swings. I just, I love that. It's just, I thought the fact that the girls wanted to give that to me and uh, Jen allowed them to buy it, <laughs> I thought it was funny. So, yeah. Um, so, what qualifies me to speak about fathers today? Um, I have a father, obviously. I am a father because I have two daughters, and I feel like my Heavenly Father has called me to, to speak on the topic today. So um, before we move forward, um, let's just bow our heads in prayer real quick. Father God, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity uh, to be your vessel this morning. I I pray, Lord, that you would um, speak in this place, that you would touch our hearts. I pray, Lord, that um, Lord, that you would help us to know your heart in a deeper way, how much you love us unconditionally. And I just pray, Lord, that if anything I speak today is not of you, Lord, that it would just fall away and be forgotten. But I pray, Lord, that you would just speak through me and that your message would be heard and that hearts would be changed and transformed by what you have to tell us today. So Father, I just pray your Holy Spirit would come and move mightily in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's so much that can be said about fatherhood and being a father. I, I prayed and I reflected on what do I know or have I learned from my own father and father figures in my life. I've learned some very noble things. I've learned about how to love my wife. I learned about how I should raise my children. I learned about my duty to provide for my family by, and all those things by my own father's example. I've learned some very practical things. How to drive and maintain a car. How to dribble and shoot a basketball. How to cook and clean. Now, I know some of you may be shocked that, you know, stereotypically men aren't known for their cooking skills or even their cleaning skills. But it's something that um, has, that's something the men in the Barreto family um, have been known to be able to do is to cook. Not that the Barreto women couldn't, it's just that the Barreto men over the generations have been known for their cooking because the Barreto men like to eat. <laughs> As you can tell. Um, so, but one of the lessons my dad would also tell me when it came to cooking is that you clean as you go along, as you cook. Don't let it all pile up and just be this giant mess at the end of the day. I see some people nodding and pumping fists. So I think that, that lesson has been learned by some others. 
Um, but I will say this, a bittersweet moment came um, after my father passed away in 2010. That first Thanksgiving after he passed away was um, a moment where he wasn't there for the first time to, to, to bring some of his famous dishes, some of the things that our extended family would always look forward to. And so I, I said, you know what, I'm going to step up into his shoes and do that. And it, it was a bittersweet moment when I got to prepare this giant um, roast and my dad's famous fried rice for all our family. And so that was, that was a bittersweet moment for me when everyone said, hey, it, you know, it tasted just like your dad's. And, and I said, and I thought to myself, no, it didn't. Maybe close, but it was, um, but it's still, you know, I was, I was just thankful for everyone um, being appreciative of it. Now, on top of those very noble and practical things, I've learned some eternal things. That God created me and loves me. I've learned that God sent his son to die for me and forgive me of my sins. And that through Jesus, I can have life and life eternal. So, in preparing today's message, I asked God, how did I learn those things? I learned, obviously, um, through my own father's example. Uh, that's my dad. Sorry for the formatting of the picture. <laughs> Gotta love those old 70s, 80s styles, big collars and what have you. Um, so I learned from my dad's own example I learned from TV dads. You know, you had Andy Griffith and um, the Cosby Show. And I, I debated whether or not to use this slide because of r recent events, but I'm just referring to the TV show. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I still think that TV show had a big impact on me. And um, so you had your TV dads good, and maybe your TV dad's bad, you know, bad examples of, of families and how to be a dad. And then I learned from my Heavenly Father and through His Word. Now, now those are all great things to know about me. I'm telling you, but you're asking yourselves, okay, how, what does this have to do with me, Ron? I'll tell you. What you know and how you feel about fathers is greatly influenced by your own life experience. Your relationship with your earthly father, um, the culture, the atmosphere in your upbringing, where you grew up, what part of the, of the world or the country, and then, of course, whether you had a, an actual relationship with your Heavenly Father. For those of you who might be starting to tune out because you're not a dad um, and you don't think this message is necessarily for you, um, I'd, I'd say this message is still relevant. So please, uh, don't tune out on me. 
As I said, what you know and how you feel about fathers is greatly influenced by your own life experience. But even more importantly, what you know and how you feel about fathers greatly influences how you see your heavenly father as well. Now, in what order you prioritize all those life lessons that I just shared with you, you know, the noble, the practical, and the eternal things, um, and how you picked up those lessons, whether from your earthly father, from TV dads, or your own relationship with the Lord. Um, we can honestly each know what order that was in our own lives. So let's uh, turn to Joshua chapter 24, and um, I'll read verses 14 through 18. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt. From that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites, who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. So have I, so looking at that passage, I ask myself, have I as a father, have we as fathers chosen whether we will serve A, the gods of our fathers, whether that was some specific religion or denomination, or something very worldly, legalism, whatever, or B, the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. In other words, um, the culture that you came out of or where you were transplanted into, the traditions of the land that you're in, or maybe the media. Or have we chosen that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? We know what the right answer is, but do we live it? So I want to talk a little bit about how do we live that? How do we live that statement? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So, being a godly father, I want to talk about it in these three respects. Instruction, discipline, and cherishing and loving. So, starting with instruction, we'll turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. 
these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So God calls fathers to not only make God's word the foundation of their lives, but to pass it on to their children for the, fa- for the foundation of their lives. So I ask you, are we walking the walk as well as talking the talk? Are we doing that with respect to our own lives, with respect to raising our children? Sometimes I hear young parents ask, how do you do that? So look look closer at that passage. It talks about walking it ourselves, using daily experiences, use every moment as a teaching moment. Are we actively looking at the situations we run into in our daily lives as teaching moments um, for our children and also to model things for our kids and the youth around us? It it can be somebody else's kids. It doesn't have to be your own. That passage talks about teaching them diligently to talk of God's commandments when you sit in your house. Talk of them when you walk by the way, when you're just doing your daily life. Talk of them when you lay down. Talk of them when you rise up. So, you know, looking at that, it sounds like we're supposed to talk about God's word and God's commandments all the time. We can turn to Proverbs 22, verse 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. What we teach our children now will stay with them forever. A lot of times I think parents will, will, will say to ourselves, you know, my kid's just not ready for it yet. You know, I'll wait to that perfect time. Um, but what I would want to say is no matter how old your kids are, don't wait. There are always age-appropriate ways to teach your children about God and His Word, whether it's through books or bedtime stories, devotionals, and all those daily experiences. Show them how God is moving in in your daily lives. Show them, talk to them about how God would want them to handle certain situations differently. What our children learn will be the basis for their own beliefs and values as adults. We obviously can't make them do anything, but if, if, if we're teaching and modeling for them constantly, that will always be with them, and they can then choose. Is this how I will walk? Is this how I will live my life? This is the beginning of what it means to leave a legacy. So that's instruction. 
The next topic can be a bit touchy, and that's discipline. Psalm 103, verse 13 says, Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Now, I believe God calls fathers to have a healthy relationship with his children. As he does with us, and that is balanced in love, compassion, and a respectful fear. Now, um, I would say that, that phrase, respectful fear, I want to kind of give an example of that. Um, my two daughters couldn't be any different. I thought with Isabella, when we had her in her, in her early years, she made Jen and I feel like we were parents of the century. She seemingly listened to everything we told her, and if she made a mistake, she'd try to correct it. And if I raised my voice, all of a sudden, you know, she was cowering and, you know, and would, you know, hang my every word and then try to follow what I asked her to do. And then we had Vivian. <laughs> and I tried to do the same thing. Jen and I tried to follow the path we followed with Isabella, and we learned that every child is different. I still remember one of the earliest times that I raised my voice with Vivian, and she just kind of walked away and smiled at me and kept going along her way. I'm like, what is the deal here? But it just proves that every child is different, and you have to find that way that that child will respond. Proverbs 3, verses 11 through 12 says, My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. So to, to discipline or rebuke a child is actually to love them, believe it or not. To allow a child to go through life without being corrected is not love, it's not tolerance. I'm sorry, it's cowardice. We have to be willing to do the hard things with our kids. And they will be thankful for it later on. I used to remember the times that my father would, would discipline me and I, and I hated his guts. That belt, you can't do that nowadays, I guess, but that belt would come out in a in a lightning flash, and I would learn a lesson very fast. But to teach our children a healthy fear of the Lord is to give them refuge. Meaning, we give them refuge by keeping them safe from the consequences of not knowing Him. I am a firm believer that the fear that some parents, particularly fathers, particularly dads, have of disciplining their children is contributing to you know, what we're seeing in our society, in our culture today, a weakening of that kind of moral fiber. You know, there are those who just do not understand the consequences of their actions. And if you're afraid that you are, out, you are outside of God's will in disciplining your children, turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. 
Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, this is what I love about God's word. There's balance there. It says, children, obey your parents. But then it counters that with, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. God commands children to obey their parents, and we need to not question if children following their parents' instruction is optional or not. Now, this, that verse that I just read to you um, is a particular favorite verse of my girls. Um, they like that last part in particular about, you know, fathers do not provoke your children to anger. They like to refer that when I'm, you know, having my corny jokes and my, you know, sarcastic sense of humor because they just don't get it. They just don't get it. And I think some of you dads can identify with that. Moms too. So we talked about instruction. We talked about discipline. And now, cherishing and loving. We could turn to Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5. It says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Children are a gift of the Lord. We need to cherish our children, for they are gifts from God. Too often, children... Maybe even ourselves as children are treated as burdens. How we destroy a child's self-worth and esteem when we don't love them as we're called to is about the worst thing that a parent can do. And I sense that that has left some scars on some of us in the room today. Children are not a burden. They are a gift. They are delicate masterpieces waiting to be formed, shaped, and loved. As we instruct and teach, correct, and discipline our children, let's do it in love. 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly. It does not stock its own, seek its own, sorry, is not provoked, 
does not take into account a wrong, a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. So again, I say, as we instruct, teach, correct, and discipline our children, let's do it in love. Turning to Ephesians 5, verses 25 to 33, I'm going to shift gears here. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Because we are members of his body, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. As fathers, we have a tremendous opportunity to teach our children, sons and daughters alike, what love in the context of marriage is. How men love their wives teaches our sons how to treat their future wives. How men love their wives teaches our daughters how they should be treated by their future husbands. Guys, we have a tremendous responsibility. Scott and the worship team, if you guys could come up, and uh, the prayer team could please come down to the carpet. We can kind of move on to this next phase. So as you can see and hear, all these things are near and dear, close to my heart. It doesn't mean that I've got it down right. I'm still learning every day how I can be a better husband, how I can be a better father. I still learn from my mistakes, and I know everyone in this room does too. I know some amazing dads in this room that struggle, and I pray for each one of you, and I know you've prayed for me. So I just encourage you to fight that good fight. Keep seeking to be that godly husband and father that God's called you to be. To you husbands, I say, the greatest crown you will ever wear, the greatest honor you will ever be awarded, and the greatest treasure you will find and be seen in your wife 
right now. To you, Father, as I say, the greatest accomplishments you will ever achieve, the greatest gifts you will give the world, and the greatest legacy you will leave behind can be seen in your children today. And to each of you, and specifically to the guys, I say, we honor our Heavenly Father and our earthly fathers when we strive to sacrificially love, live for others. To put others first above our selfish desires and so-called needs. I think that's, that's a stumbling block for a lot of men in middle age. We start to think selfishly. Ask God for that strength you need to push through and rise above those selfish desires and so-called needs. So as I said earlier, what you know and feel about fathers is greatly influenced by your own life experiences. But even more importantly, what you know and feel about fathers greatly influences how you see your heavenly father. So I ask you today, if you are a father or one day hope to be one, you want to be a godly husband and father that God has called you to be, please come up for prayer. If you are holding unforgiveness in your heart against your earthly father and you want to release him, yourself from that burden, please come up for prayer. If you are holding unforgiveness in your heart against your husband or ex-husband, wife or ex-wife and you want to release them and yourself from that burden please come up for prayer God has modeled for us what it means to be the perfect father and we can learn from his examples. And I know a lot of what I shared with you today, you know, a lot of the, the light topics and the heavy topics and probably has a, sitting on you heavily right now, but I just, I just encourage everyone in here, you know. Um, it's a great calling to be a father or a parent. Don't waste it. Anybody, anyone else to share?